The great river Than Thalas flowed southward through the forests of Silvanesti. Three quarters of the way down its length, the broad waterway branched and twin streams flowed around an island called Fallon. On this island was the capital city of the elven nation Silvanost. Silvanost was a city of towers, gleaming white. They soared skyward, some dwarfing even the massive oak trees on the mainland. Unlike the mainland, Fallen Island had few trees. Most had been removed to make way for the city. The island's naturally occurring marble and quartz formations had then been spell-shaped by the Silvanesti, transforming them into houses and towers. Approaching the island from the west on the King's Road, a traveler could see the marble city gleaming with pearly light through the trees. At night, the city absorbed the starlight and moonlight and radiated it softly back to the heavens. On this particular night, scudding clouds covered the sky and a chill rain fell. A brisk breeze swirled over the island. The streets of Silvanost, however, were full. In spite of the damp cold, every elf in the city stood outside, shouting, clapping, and singing joyfully. Many carried candles, hooded against the rain, and the dancing lights added to the strange yet festive air. A wonderful thing had happened that evening in the capital. Sithel, speaker of the stars, ruler of all Sylvanesti, had become a father. Indeed, the great fortune of speaker Sithel was that he had two sons. He was the father of twins, an event rare among elves. The Sylvanesti began to call Sithel twice blessed, and they celebrated in the cool, damp night. The speaker of the stars was not receiving well-wishers, however. He was not even in the palace of Quinari, where his wife, Nerakina, still lay in her birthing bed with her new sons. Sithel had left his attendants and walked alone across the plaza between the palace and the Tower of the Stars, the ceremonial seat of the speaker's power. Though common folk were not allowed in the plaza by night, the speaker could hear the echoes of their celebrations. He strode through the dark outlines of the garden surrounding the tower, wending his way along the paths, he entered the structure through a door reserved for the royal family. Circling to the front of the great emerald throne, Sithel could see the vast audience hall. It was not completely dark. Six hundred feet above him was a shaft in the roof of the tower open to the sky. Moonlight, broken by clouds, filtered down the shaft. The walls of the tower were pierced by spiraling rows of window slits and encrusted with precious jewels of every description. These split the moonlight into iridescent beams, and the beams bathed the walls and floor in a thousand myriad colors. Yet Sithel had no mind for this beauty now. Seating himself on the throne he had occupied for two centuries, he rested his hands on the emerald arms, allowing the coolness of the stone to penetrate and soothe his heavy heart. A figure appeared in the monumental main doorway. Enter, said the speaker. He hardly spoke above a whisper, but the perfect acoustics of the hall carried the single word clearly to the visitor. The figure approached. He halted at the bottom of the steps leading up to the throne platform and set a small brazier on the marble floor. Finally, the visitor bowed low and said, You summoned me, great speaker. His voice was light, with the lilt of the north country in it. Bedvetsika, servant of Gilean, Sithel said, Rise. Bedvetsika stood. Unlike the clerics of Silvanost, who wore white robes and a sash in the color of their patron deity, 
Benvedzica wore a belted tabard of solid gray. His god had no temple in the city, because the gods of neutrality were not officially tolerated by the priests who served the gods of good. Benvedzica said, May I congratulate your highness on the birth of his sons? Sithel nodded curtly. It is because of them that I have called you here, he replied. Does your god allow you to see the future? My master Gillian holds in his hands the Tobril, the Book of Truth. Sometimes he grants me glimpses of this book. From the priest's expression, it appeared this was not a practice he enjoyed. I will give you one hundred gold pieces, said the speaker. Ask your god, and tell me the fate of my sons. Vedvetsika bowed again. He dipped a hand into the voluminous pockets of his tabard and brought out two dried leaves, still shiny green but stiff and brittle.